This episode is sponsored by Quantstamp, Nexo.io, and KuCoin. Money is changing. So where do we go from here? Through high-profile interviews and thought-provoking analysis, join Coindesk's Michael Casey and Sheila Warren of the World Economic Forum as they explore the connections between finance, human culture, and our increasingly digital lives. This episode is brought to you by the Coindesk Podcast Network. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. And now, here's Michael Casey. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Money Reimagined. This is a very different edition. We're doing this from Miami, where Art Basel is underway and a series of NFT-related events are happening. So unlike the normal process, well, I'm doing this through Zoom. I'm actually doing this live uh, here. We have a wonderful guest to introduce to you shortly. Miami is a wild kind of experience right now. There is all sorts of celebrations. We're specifically here today at the one-off world. This is the one-off platform is sponsoring this place, but there are all sorts of other events going on around the place. And in the process, I met Pierina Marino, who I'm going to introduce you to in a moment. First of all, let's just quickly say hello to Sheila, who is not, unfortunately, here in Miami, but is coming to us from the exotic location of San Francisco and her house. <laughs> Hi, Sheila. Hey, Michael. How are you? My FOMO streak continues with all of your uh, engaging with everyone, all these artists and everyone else. But yeah. couldn't think of a better time than Art Basel to really be talking about what's happening in development and spaces and thrilled to uh, get to chat with Pierina about everything that's going on. So let's introduce our wonderful guest, Hirena Marino, the CEO and founder of Flipplay. We met at a dinner the other night, and I got to say, I was just blown away by the app and, and sort of some of your backstory as well, which I want to get into. Why don't you just tell us now, though, exactly what Flipplay is and go into it a bit later on as well? Yeah, of course. First of all, thank you for the invitation. This is amazing. When Flipplay is pretty much an engaged to earn metaverse social app, at Flipplay, people can unlock Flex and soon monetize and build an economy around their digital collectibles. From a platform standpoint, you can think of us as the gamification of Pokemon Go and the real life application of Pokemon Go. You go to locations, you unlock things, and meet a social platform like TikTok, where the social features enable you to create videos and build a social graph of your digital collectibles. A lot of our vision is to pretty much use the real world as a canvas to overlay metaverse on top of it and make our digital collectibles anything that we own, whether that is a bag, a piece of art, part of our everyday life. So a couple of things that really stood out to me when I looked at it was how this, as opposed to some of the attention that's going in the NFT space, is largely on you know artists and you know people sold his his art for sixty nine billion dollars. We've got all these famous DJs that are doing this. This one seems like a, an app that is exactly back in the world of user generated content. So that's yeah. sort of social individuals. The other part of it though is again the mixing of the physical with the digital and. You were talking to me the other night about how some of that understanding comes from your background as an architect or working in the, in the world of architecture. Which is a very different field to be bringing into this space than say engineering or, or even music or, or art, right? So tell us a little bit about your background. Left Venezuela at the age of 16 and what happened after that? I know, I know. Left from Venezuela to Montreal, Canada when I was 16. Then immigrate to actually Miami to start my architectural journey. 
went to Miami Day for the first two years of architecture, then transitioned to a school that had a strong focus in technology in Los Angeles. Finished school there six months before I graduated, got recruited by Frank Gehry, so joined the firm when I was 20 years old, which is kind of crazy uh, when I look back. And from there, I work in massive architectural projects for him, uh, like Facebook headquarters in Menlo Park, Facebook marketing departments in New York. And I think that at core, I always had a strong focus with new technology, right? So since very early in my career, digital fabrication, robotics, AR, VR, was a core incentive for me to push the boundaries of we can either see or materialize start to see the VR industry start to commercialize. I say, well, I think it's time for me to bring my understanding around building physical spaces and making people feel things to teams where these experiences are built by engineers and creative teams that doesn't really understand humans and how they interact with digital environments or physical environments. And start helping them fill the gaps between the technology constraints and what creativity and design can do. I think that's incredibly interesting. So as Michael well knows, I spent a lot of time thinking about augmented reality because my husband is actually in that field. And I think one thing that's kind of under under understood, I guess, like just not quite given the credit it ought to be in the crypto ecosystem is the connection that between, you know, design, architecture, and augmented reality and how that's going to be a, a real forcing function for the metaverse. I think we tend to think of the metaverse really as more um, online gaming, which of course has been, you know, historically where it's been kind of uh, located. We think of Ready Player One, we think of these kinds of, uh, these kinds of application uh, spaces, but really when we think about how we're mediating our daily lives, both individually and as a community, as you think about how, as you walk through the world physically, how you can have a digital overlay that indicates to you like where to draw your attention or how to kind of think about the spaces you're seeing in a different way. It's really incredibly powerful. So I'd love to hear, you know, from you, I know we have a video uh, to watch as well, just, you know, how this idea germinated for you. Like what, what was, was there some kind of a moment where you realized these are things that connect and we need something new that's going to help bring these different threads together? Yeah, no, totally. I couldn't agree more with you. I think that it's a combination of a lot of different human habits that has been built over time, especially since the inception of social media and what that has created for us, right? Before social media, you could wear the same outfit every weekend and it was okay. Then you had to think about like, hey, I need to wear something different because I'm creating videos, I'm creating pictures for, with it. But we barely think about all these different habits that have been being built up over time and that are very extremely human centric right i think like part of the section of flick play i always say it was we had a national release of my first company it was a 3d printed product line we released national at nordstrom and i had to start traveling through over 30 stores uh, launching the product line and talking with customers and I, clear, I realized that it didn't matter how far away in the map I went, I was still talking with the mothers and grandmothers that would ask me, can you send my, my, your products to my granddaughter's dorm, right? So to me, that was a big moment, right? Because I say, well, there is a clear, completely shift on how 
the decision making that kids are making on where they're going and why they're going to locations based on how those locations are, are helping them build their social status. And parallel to that, we had a few phenomenons happening. We had Pokemon Go, like taking people, moving people through the world, right? Shifting the definition of what AR meant, right? And how that was humanized through an experience that people actually had while interacting with their cities. Then we had Museum of Ice Cream, right? That we all thought that was gonna be the future of retail. But interesting enough, the, all those movements had some sort of digital impact. So that made me start obsessing about understanding some of the fundamental drivers of social media from a human standpoint, but also understanding the evolution of it, right? And when I thought about Facebook as a platform that connect us, right? For the first time, you didn't have to ask your friend, are you single, married, or in a complicated relationship? You went online and you got that piece of data. When you think about Instagram, or what I call 1D revolution to, to the era of social media, Instagram helped us shape our digital identities, right? So it wasn't, and it, it started as this platform that you would share this random picture of you and your couch to like, how do I want to portray myself to the masses and how I'm using this platform to enable that. So it wasn't any more about who you are, but who you aspire to be and how you portray that in social media. And obviously when you put that idea of, well, People want to build their digital collage, and it's not necessarily related to the real life. At the same time, Pokemon Go is moving people through the world. In gaming, we have a skins gaining social status, right, and financial value. People pay for college by selling their skins, right? And at the same time, we have a world full of creative moments and culture that is ready to become the canvas for all these experience to come together, right? And that was really the section of Fleet Play. And it was really in 2019 thought of as a part social part game platform because there wasn't such a thing as NFTs or digital ownership becoming something mainstream, right? So we had from a DNA, from a foundational standpoint, think about web three tools and principles and how to introduce them in our platform as a web two platform right and that's what is taking us from like building a strong foundation to being in a position where we're integrating blockchain and it's just a seamless fit to building the future of social why don't we take a look we've got a sizzle reel that you shared with us and we'll just play that for a bit here um, and uh, tell us what's going on when you, as you see it. Um, you know, you've got this avatar and you've got this sort of physical world. What, to, just talk that through. Yeah, totally. So when people open the app, they can either, if they're active and they want to be experiencing or rediscovering their cities, they're engaging with our map. There are different type of tokens, yellow tokens, blue tokens, and they all let you unlock different things. Yellow tokens are our currency, our in-app currency, and the blue tokens are digital collectibles. So just like Pokemon Go, they activate as you approach locations, 
you open a token opens in AR, you capture it, that gives you a beautiful animation of this digital collectible that you now own, which pretty much goes into your wallet and gives you the serial number, unique identifier, who else owns that collectible, and the social videos that have been created with that collectible. From this point on, you can create videos with this digital collectible and you can build a social graph of these digital collectibles. Every like, every, every impression, every comment that that video that you create and share on Flickplay with that collectible contributes to the social graph and the status of the things that you own, right? So you go from like unlocking something to actually not only making it part of your everyday life, but also building up the social and financial status of that digital collectible. Now, if you're a gamer and you're unlocking with our different interactions in the app, you're constantly gaining tokens in our app, right? And those tokens pretty much enables you to go to our marketplace and unlock collectibles before they sell out, right? So there is always a shortcut for you to get what you want unless you either engage or you are out there interacting with the real world. Quantstamp is looking for talented people to join our team and help us secure the blockchain industry. Our clients include major blockchain projects like Ethereum 2.0, DeFi projects like Maker, Compound, and Aave, and global enterprises like Toyota. As a fully remote team, working for Quantstamp means a great work-life balance, an environment that values creativity and effectiveness, and compensation packages on par with big tech. Come work for the leading blockchain security company. Learn more at quantstamp.com careers. Nexo is a trusted, easy-to-use crypto platform where you can buy cryptocurrencies at the touch of a button and start earning up to 12% annual interest that is paid out daily. Nexo supports all major assets on the market and even allows you to swap one asset for another or borrow cash against your holdings without selling them. Nearly 3 million people in over 200 countries trust Nexo with their digital assets. So whether you're just getting started or you're a seasoned pro, get the most of your crypto today with Nexo at nexo.io. It's altcoin season, and if you aren't looking for crypto gems on KuCoin, you're doing it wrong. Known as the People's Exchange, KuCoin is the home of altcoins, with over 400 tradable coins. Sign up today to find the next crypto gem in DeFi, GameFi, NFT, and Metaverse. Join KuCoin with 8 million global investors and claim your $500 welcome bonus at KuCoin.com. That's K-U-C-O-I-N dot com. Karina, that's so interesting. It's it's really such a, a like you say, it's a combinatorial model because you're bringing together so many different threads of what's been exciting over the course of the past you know, few years, right? Ever since kind of, well, I loved how you're threading in the Pokemon Go kind of experience there um, because that really was the first time I think this burst into popular awareness. I want to go back to something you said just about identity. Because I think that, you know, when we talk about identity and digital identity, particularly in the context of, you know, the pandemic and all of that, we're, we often flatten it, I think. And we talk about like, oh, I can 
prove that I, you know, I am vaccinated or I am a citizen of X country or I am whatever it is. But of course, identity, as we think about it as human beings, is so multifaceted. And in fact, we choose which facet we are demonstrating to the world depending on the context that we're in. And what I love about Web3 and the metaverse as a general matter that I think we don't really talk about enough, we, those of us who are engaged in these things and engage in these, these different ecosystems are well aware of this, but to your point, we can kind of choose who we wanna be in some of these realities. And what I love about what you're doing is you're kind of mediating and bringing together the real world experience with like, which identity are you, you know, are you kind of feeling today? Like which, you know, what, what are you putting on? Like what sort of like literally what other are you putting on? But also how is that going to influence what you might see or what you might experience as you go through the world? So I just wonder if you could just comment on identity as a concept and how um, you, what, what kind of almost philosophy you brought uh, to this particular, yeah, this particular work. Yeah, that's a fascinating question and actually a complete, a full topic. I can talk about that for an hour. I think that when you think about social identity specifically, right? Historically, identity has been, like before social media, before you took a picture, it's like what you're wearing, where you go, what are the things that you own? So identity and social status has always been based on objects, digital, physical assets, right, that you own, that represents who you are. And I think that with the 1D and 2D area of social media, the idea of identity has shifted towards, you know, how funny you can be in a video, or and how do you build your social real estate based on that, or, you know, you go to Rodeo Drive and you stand next to a Ferrari and you build this reality or this identity that not necessarily is real to you, but is creating this social collage around you, a storyline around like who you aspire to be, right? And the way we, I think about identity and social, because I think like those are together, like there is no way to isolate them when we live in an era of social media where I can go with you to take a half a coffee, but the reality is that if I share, I'm sharing that coffee moment with you, but if I create a video, I'm sharing it with thousands of people online, right? So the art perception of what our identity have become, it's turning digitally, right? So when I think about identity and social coming together, I think it from a perspective where we're social is cleansing back, cleansing back to ownership, right? And platforms that enables you to not build a fake perception of your identity, but a real perception based on things that you own digitally are pretty fascinating because we're still faking, we're, sti we're still flexing the things that we like, but we're cutting the fake it until you make it. And we're actually letting people build their social collage with their unique shoes, right? Walking in a restaurant, and building a storyline of that moment without necessarily having to wear those shoes. And if I like your shoes, I can rent them from you, right? And I can use those shoes to walk in that same restaurant and build my status from an honest standpoint. Mm. I love this idea of the storyline that you're building, right? Because I, I think this is, people probably get sick of me saying it, I'm a big fan of Yuval Harari and his, <laughs> uh, his concepts of like, 
since civilization has been here. You are indeed. I know, it's a bit of a broken record, Sheila. <laughs> but, you know, money reimagined is based upon this idea yeah. that money is an imagined concept, but it's actually a story, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's that's cool. That's not a bad thing. That's In fact, that's inherently human thing that we use stories as a way to organize and come together so this idea now we've got these tools that we can use to, to, to do what we've always done and, and tell that story the storyline is, is, is fascinating I, I wonder as well though like this this connection between the physical and the digital and how I'm projecting into that space is is also something that's really important in this uh, it gives us a whole almost a constraint, right? I mean, we talked the other night about the digital realm is infinitely large. You can do anything. You're building a building as an architect. You are limited by space. And and that actually that is a force of creativity. A one-shot opportunity. Right. So, so maybe talk to how those things come together in that concept of space and flip play. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that any space in the, like, city ledgers, it's not one, right? We think about cities as, okay, this is city of Miami, right? Or Santa Monica, but there are a composition of many things that build them up, right? Like the buildings, is the restaurants, is the public areas versus private areas. And I think that is really important when you want to achieve the storyline of digital experiences, you can, or or tell stories with digital assets, you can avoid to think about what is in the real world, right? And I think like one of the analogies or, or examples that we that I gave when we were having this conversation is that you can see a graffiti wall and that can be, you can interpret, I can interpret that wall in completely different ways, right? Once you animate that piece of physical art, then you can either make it match your identity of my, or mine. It could be pink, black, gray, and you can own the pink one if that's your favorite color, and I can own the black one if that's my favorite color, but also the activating and the animations and the layers of it could potentially also shift the storyline of what that means, what it means to be in that location at that specific moment and creating a video with that specific digital collectible, right? Which is going to be very different if you create a video without a digital collectible because the piece of information that or the storyline that that animated object could be having in that specific wall will be a different one than the one that I own or the one that is in the real world, right? So we oftentimes talk about metaverse, about immersing yourself in a digital world and like completely decontextualizing people from their life, right? From what makes us human, which is where we live, where we stand, and how we as a thrive community like interact with each other, right? And when we think about metaverse within the lens of flick play, we think about a platform that is not shifting who you are. It's just changing the narrative that the world that we live in have to offer us and how we interact with our digital objects within that new narrative is up to us, right? So I could be wearing a Chanel bag walking into a restaurant or I could be wearing like Nike sneakers, right? And I could be wearing Nike sneakers when I'm like running in a park, even though I'm wearing flip flops, 
but I could be wearing like something more fancy as I build my social collage online, right? And it's like how all these different components come together. Could you speak a bit, Purina, just about community building, right? Because what you're talking about when you have these symbols and you can kind of demonstrate is is you're, you're looking to connect with people that understand, of course, what those things mean or that attach similar meaning to these, to these symbols. And so how do you think about building actual connection and community in this way? That is so important for us. As a matter of fact, when you go to a collectible page on Flickplay, you see the videos that he, people have created. So for you to be able to be curated within that collectible page, you need to either be an owner or once we integrate renting tools, you need to have rented that collectible from someone. So the moment you pull the trigger of wanting to rent a specific digital collectible, that makes you somehow part of that community, right? When you click on the second tab on that page, you actually see the owners of that digital collectible, right? And if you go to Flickplay's Discover page, we have these different, what we call walls or feature pages, where every collectible, every badge, every video that has been created by the owners of those collectibles get curated there, right? So for us, it's really important to think about if we have interests alike, how our lives are somehow connected in the physical world based on the places we go, how we interact with our digital collectibles, and how that unite, united collage of experiences build up the value of our collectibles. This stuff is just fascinating. What you're opening up here is something really fundamental about what it is to be human, what it is to be in the world, and then the incorporation of things like NFTs and collectibles and value in that, right? It's just this, we can just go deep, deep, deep into this. Unfortunately, we don't have enough time. <laughs> we have a limit, we'll have to get you back on and, and continue it, because I, I, for one, am absolutely fascinated by this, and I'm pretty sure our listeners will be as well. So. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sheila, as always. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you, all of you. Come back again next week for another edition of Money Reimagined. Bye from Miami. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to Coindesk's Money Reimagined. This episode featured Sheila Warren, Michael J. Casey, and guest Perina Marino. Our theme song is Shepherd, and this episode was produced and edited by Michelle Mousseau with announcements by Adam B. Levine and additional production support from Eleanor Paul. Have any questions or comments? Send us an email at podcasts at coindesk.com or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And from all of us at Coindesk and the Money Reimagined team, thanks for listening. 